What up, what up, what up? Peace. This is the Fire This Time Podcast. I'm Akita J. My name is Sonny Ture. And thank you for coming back with us and spending episode 88 with us again. We are back to give you the fire. You know what I'm saying? As usual. As we pop it off always the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, share, subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Leave a comment. You know what I'm saying? And we'll try to, you know what I'm saying, look at those comments and uh, get back to you or incorporate what you may think is a decent idea into the show. You know what I'm saying? That's how we do. We try to spread the love and, and let the conversation flow correctly. But we going to jump right on in and we're going to have a nice little short one for your little hit and miss, little a little hit it and quit it. You know what I'm saying? To get up out of here on y'all. So we'll be chit-chatting about today, uh, you know, pop so, it off. So uh, for today's topic, the big topic we're going to talk about at the end is going to be uh, about Jasmine Crockett, the U.S. Congresswoman from Texas, black woman, genuine black, authentic black sister, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Beautiful black sister. Be- thank you, Waki. Jesus. And, uh, you know, but she's she's going viral for her politics, her political statements, you know what I'm saying? As well, this past, the, uh, past week, I would say, I, you know, uh, so we're going to get into all that, you know, exactly how she came on my radar and what she had to say about black voting. Uh, we'll get we'll get into all that. But uh, today I want to start it off with something uh, different, you know, in the cultural realm. I, I key, you know, kind of sparked from our conversation in the pre-production meeting. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Right? And uh, we was talking about hip-hop, and a uh, question came up. What do you consider to be a classic hip-hop album? What makes a hip-hop album classic? Right? Yeah. So uh, I thought that would be a good place to jump it off. You know what I'm saying? Hit that record button and just get into it. You know what I'm saying? Because we're talking about the classics. You know what I'm saying? You, you mentioned a few from our era, you know, and and previous ones. So but you know what what do you think makes a classic hip hop album, Maki? Uh well, an album that involves really two two what they call elements. That's MCing and uh turntablism, DJing, you know what I'm saying? Production. Production. And so you gotta have quality MCing or rapping and quality production. Um, now when I say quality MCing, that means style, um, you know, how you deliver, you know what I'm saying, your lyrics. I could get more technical on that, but I ain't even finna do all of that. That's some other stuff. Like I need to check your syllables, your metaphors need to be on point. But it do sorta of have to be that way. Like, depending on how what kind of rapper you are, you know, you gotta be able to paint vivid pictures with your lyrics. You know, you got to be able to, a person got to be able to shut their eyes, listen to what you say, and be able to literally see what you say. You know, to me, that's good MCing. Production-wise, it just got to, you know, whether it's the sampling you're using, the right beats, um, it got to adjust to that era to some extent. Um, but sometimes it can be classic beats. Classic beats is always solid. Um To me, that's a classic album. And, and and to be an album, to be make the album classic, if you got 10 tracks, seven of them got to be banging. Um, that might be too few. Th- that's right. It that's might, that's right. It, a lot of people. Be, yeah, it might got to be all 10, you know what I'm saying? Or it might got, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'm just saying that because normally, let's just say an album, a standard album is going to give you about 16 tracks. Mm-hmm. On it between 15 and 16 tracks. If out of that 15, you got 10 solids, really, I would say a 12. Because you may have a couple, you may have a love song on there that's still solid, but you know what I'm saying? But it ain't the one you putting in rotation all the time. You know, you may have a, a party song on there that, you know, it's, it's all right, you know what I'm saying? But it, it ain't in your rotation all the time. You know, so like, yeah, three quarters of your album need to be bangers. Like they got to stand out. Like every track is up to quality. And even the low points got to be executed well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I definitely hear what you're saying. And 
when I think about a classic album, yeah, because there's so many different styles. Because what's banging and a certain style of hip hop, you know what I'm saying, it's yeah. not even present in some of the other hip hop albums I find that to be classics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because when I think about bangers, you know what I'm saying, we could think about uh, 50 Cent, Get Rich, I mean, not Get Rich to Dot Tron. No, yeah, that's his first album. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm tripping. Get Rich to Dot Tron. I got I confused with the movie and the book sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had a lot going on, spark yeah. from that moment. You know what I'm saying? But I think about many men. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's a banger universally. You know what I'm saying? But that, but I'll keep it real. That's a classic hip hop album. Oh, for sure. I, that's, I, that's one reason I bring it up. Yeah. But but when I think about that vibe, that vibe 50 Cent had on there is not present in MF Doom, Mad Villainy. Nah, the, the, the nah, project he did nah. with Mad Lib. I say it's all about styles. One of the, you know what I'm saying, one of the best hip hop producers of all time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mad Lib and, uh, you know, MF Doom got together on Mad, on Mad Villainy. Y'all ain't checked that one out. You got to check that one out. Def, definitely an aspiring album. Uh, just creativity. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah that, on, that the was sti- on the that stylistic was awesome. sense. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Both of them got five personalities. So yeah, I think there's different, you know, a classic. Hip hop album, you know, it can go in a few different directions. Cause I think about that that album doesn't have what we would consider bangers on it, but it crafts a feeling. You know what I'm saying? It it, it crafts. Uh, I mean, it, aesthetic might be too soft of a word. You know, it crafts uh, a creative vision that you know entices and attaches the people. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and sometimes it, it's it, it's what the album does as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Aki? I mean, um, that album had good lyrics. I don't consider 50 to be an MC. Mm. He's a good rapper. Probably above average rapper. You know what I'm saying? Because his, his mixtapes was lethal. It was a before the jaw thing. 50 was in, uh, like a, a goat, like a hard. Yeah, he gets it in. But he always been street. But he had good quality rap lyrics on there. And his production was banging. You know what I'm saying? He had Dre, Eminem. You know, he was getting quality beats. He couldn't have got with a better camp. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So break like, out when he did, you know what But I'm he was a prospect, though. You see what I'm saying? 50 was already aimed to come up. His name was known. It's just that 50 Cent was always into some shit in the street. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He he didn't get the jail time, but he had the beef to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's a that like those are classic. You know what I'm saying? Um, albums, classic album. I also do this to you real quick. We was in high school reading Fifty Cent's book. Pass, we somebody got a copy. We passed it around to like five six homies. Yeah. Fifty Cent's book. I remember he, he they dropped the video game. Yeah. He he had a whole ver- he, he he was vertically aligned in the in the culture you know top yeah. to bottom yeah you know what I'm saying in yeah. every sphere he had a he, he had it moving yeah I mean and he 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 learned from past mistakes and he learned from people who did do it right to some extent and yeah. it's and it's crazy how he's doing big things in television now too you know what I'm saying like it, yeah you know that, that, change his whole thing over because fifty like like people don't get it fifty in the street was known as a goon bruh. Like Bruh. like a like a straight goon, certified. Yeah, he 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 was known for messing with other go- like other the, big time goons, b- bigger goons than him. Yeah, yeah. Some he, some of the dudes he went at it with, and I said like this: We talking East Coast shit. I'm from North Carolina. Some of the goons he fell out with, they name rang in North Carolina. He was a thorn in the side to some of the top yeah. goons on the East Coast, and he's still here. Crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, you know what I'm saying? He had a hell of a story to come with his, too. But, yeah, that, that, that's one of those examples of that. You know, um, we can look at uh, Outkast. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what I'm saying? Outkast is one of the rare few groups that in the era of the source, they got three five-mic albums. The only other group to do that was Tribe Called Quest. You know what I'm saying? And Wu-Tang never got a five-mic album. Even though... I don't consider 36 Chambers to be a classic. But that first ODB, classic. First Ghostface Killer in the second one. Um, a Supreme Clientele, classic. Raekwon only built for Club Leaks, classic. Only, I mean, Liquid Swords by the Jizza, classic. So it's like, them are classic albums 
that like any like yeah hell yeah nigga that you know what I'm saying even if you're not into that type of rhyming at that era that they came out they was classics they didn't go not all of them went number one you know what I'm saying they didn't get all the airplay they were supposed to get but you know what I'm saying they were classic for hip hop heads you know what I'm saying just like for some people and this can be said Master P had classic albums you know, for the time that he was in, the level of rhyming was at that level. Was it tougher rhymers around him? Hell yeah, there was. But at the time that he was out, his albums are considered classic by the people that's listened to that music. For sure. So, you know what I'm saying? But as far as I'm from, I'm, I'm thinking from more of an MC, um, um, rhyming, production, individual, because sometimes it can be related to groups, too. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you gotta, you, you just gotta have it. You know what I'm saying? All the people that really have had their place. That's why we. I don't think we've had that in a long time. We haven't had um, outside maybe that last Kendrick, and to me that wasn't his classic. You know, he had class. He got a classic, but it wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? Kendrick might have a few. You know what I'm saying? And he and he and he may just. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, um, you know, I think it's a couple of, it's a lot of artists that's around right now of youth that got some classics. I think Kendrick is worth stopping on, you know what I'm saying, and mentioning. Cause oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got classics. Like, good, good Kid, Mad City. Classic. Mm. That's a classic debut album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Follow it up. He follows that up with a jazzy hip hop album that breaks barriers and tells a, a vivid story, and got some of the best songs on there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with Two Member Butterfly. Now I, I think Damn could or could not be. You know what I'm saying? I think for his fans that could be a classic. You know what I'm saying? His most recent album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. That one is. I, I don't know if the culture overall considers that a classic. But I think for his fans and for a lot of people, they might consider that a classic just because of how raw and honest and about, you know what I'm saying? Not, not to mention the music, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The first two albums is a consensus around the board. Yeah. About. Well, there's a lot of people that don't like to bimper Butterfly because they like the Travis Scott, yeah. Big Sean, Drake type sound, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, but, that, but, that, and that, that you know, but I I think there's enough of a cultural consensus, you know, yeah. for the first. I, I would agree. I think there's enough of a of a recognition, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because not everybody's gonna like everything, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it, it it has to cross a certain threshold, you know what I'm saying? And maybe that kind of gets into maybe the two different ways we can think and talk about what a classic album is, or what constitutes a classic album. Because I think on one hand. When we call it like, and I think we should talk about both. You know what I'm saying? But but we gotta you know uh, be specific. Like on one hand, uh, classic albums are only those that ring for the the culture. Like it rings out in the culture. It's a stamp for the culture. You know what I'm saying? And that that's a smaller umbrella yeah. of more elite albums. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That you know maybe only Kendrick's debut gets in there with the, the likes of 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying, we could look at maybe one of the Carters from Lil Wayne. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some of Jay-Z, like, maybe two... Yeah, I mean, Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt, you know yeah. what I'm saying, is in that type of mm -hmm. elite hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, that the culture just is united around it. Yeah. It crossed that huge threshold to get that. Yeah. I think in another sense, you know, it's subjective, it's more subjective, and it's like, for... for that hip for you know specific hip hop fans you know what I'm saying what albums do you think even just even if they was just underground even if not a lot of people even know about them like that but if they tick all them boxes that's needed to be ticked they check all them you know what I'm yeah. saying you know, like certain albums like uh, just do that I, I, I mentioned one that I passed it back to you Aki Matt Kami I think two or three years ago mm -hmm. he dropped uh, Pray for Haiti yeah. I consider that to be a classic hip hop album even though the average black person might not even know who he is or heard that album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it might not have had that effect in the culture, but just because of what it did sonically, production-wise, lyrically, yeah. and narratively, conceptually, I think for me, because your classic albums is gonna be different than mine. Facts. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing that we haven't evolved yet in hip hop 
that we think we have, but we haven't. And that's that we might have to start breaking hip hop down in categories, you know. Um, and I don't know the right name to say, but you know, we got party hip hop, we got uh, um, you know classic hip hop, boom. Like we had these boom bap, um, you know what I'm saying? Conscious rap. You know, we gotta might have to start having categories. You know what I'm saying to deal with the subjectiveness of the fans of hip hop, and that's sort of because you know the breakdown of the radio, how that's changed. And I get you on to something. You got to I mean that. Think about it. If we had an award show and you got nine, nine, um, nine categories. Of hip hop, you got nine categories of it, right? You even got a hip hop R and B section in there, you know, for the for the for the for the, for that little brand, the Mary J's and the Chris Browns and all of them. Yeah, they R and B, but you know they do features. You know what I'm saying? With 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 rappers, and you know we you had that category down up in there. You make those different categories up because, good example, I I am a I like emceeing, and I like production. So I'm probably going to be more in a, in a, in a I like lyrics type thing, you know. I'll take good production with decent lyrics. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little different, you know. You, got, you may have easy listening hip-hop. Put Drake in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's easy listening hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Females got their category. If if you want to have a um um um, well I ain't gonna say that that'd be disrespectful. But you know what I'm saying? Hey, I keep right there with you, bro. Because look how much that they give rock and roll that type of room. You got progressive rock. You got you know what I'm saying metal. You got all these different types of rocks that have their different levels of recognition. You know what I'm saying? But we only get the one. Yeah. We get hip hop and the R B is is not you know what I'm saying that's something different. Yeah. So hip hop only got the one. Yeah. I don't even know if we do much more than that at the at the hip hop awards. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying? and see like, that controls hip hop though. That that limits us because now a person that may not be the consensus gets the best rapper or gets the best hip hop album of the year. You may have got sales, but most of them sales may have came from mostly white folks. Yeah, I, I think it's so easy just to punch down on hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So many people do it. A lot of people, you know, you know, some of the weirdo black folk that they they pronounce proudly they don't listen to much hip hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's usually people that's you know some people just not don't like it, but you know they're also a lot of people is just ignorant of all the different types of hip hop that's out there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like like hip hop is a name that we use for so many of the advances in black music. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is better maybe. Uh, term as just the name for an era of black musical advancement you know what I'm saying if we're just talking about songs that have to have production of a certain variety and and rhyming you know what I'm saying you know spoken lines that rhyme and it is really as far as on the the lyrical or or the speech part of it it can go all the way from just spoken to being kind of sung like a melody, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, we're we're talking about such a great range, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? When we talk about what's what's possible produ- production wise, what's pro- possible on the lyric side, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's such a great range, and we call all of it hip hop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We undersell it. You're right, Aki. Yeah. We limit ourselves by accepting. That term, that's like white people going into India and saying, yeah, all the shit that y'all practice, that's all Hindu. You know well, what I'm saying? Like, I think what it was is at the time, it was necessary to put it to the people that way. So, as we talked about earlier, hip-hop was made of many different street guilds and artistic guilds that existed on the street. You know, just in the ghetto. They was all doing their thing differently. You know what I'm saying? Breakdancing was probably something that had its roots earlier, but it probably formulated more with the music. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like, what we know, when we really sum up hip-hop, hip-hop got to do with the music 
and the skills and specifically the aesthetic culture that comes with it. The dress that was born from it. The slang that was born from it. The language that was born from it. That's sort of where it comes from. So, like, yeah, we got the other elements, but what we really absorb as a um, as hip-hop is really in those two elements. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, like, when you just... When you, when you got to be a dope MC or a dope rapper and you got to have quality music behind you, the, it... It it's not a narrow lane, but it's a it's a narrow foundation. It lets you know what the parameters are, sort of set standards to some extent. But that it it's so much stuff that can come from that, because you can still be an abstract rhymer, you know what I'm saying, and have dope lyrics, dope beats. You can be a easy hip hop. You can be in the easy hip hop category and have good lyrics. And good beats. And produce a classic album. You know, it's possible. But, I mean, we got to think of it in that way. I mean, hip-hop is the name of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the name that we sort of sort of came to a consensus on. The elders did. You know what I'm saying? So we got to lay some down to that, that our elders that are still living. You know what I'm saying? The founders of this, they still around. You know what I'm saying? They categorize it as that. And they existed before it was hip-hop. And they decided to come together on that. So that's what we got. But when it comes to albums, got to be the lyrics, got to be the, the production, the beats. You know what I'm saying? The sampling quality. You know what I'm saying? How you sampling. Your arrangement. Kanye West did classic albums. He wasn't necessarily the best rapper, but he could. He wasn't the best MC, but he could rap. He was a good rapper. But his, his production was A-list. And he he did his production like a damn symphony. He broke it down. Had breakdowns, bridges, all that other types of shit. So it's, you know what I'm saying? And not many people meet that quality these days. I mean, I honestly think I like, and some people be mad at me about this, I don't necessarily like his content, but I love the way Rick Ross flow, and I love the BT. He got an awesome flow to me, and I love the BT. Yeah, he's been skilled in both of them areas. You know, and so like, you know that he make good he make good album. Like, I, he's one of them people that I want. Will I buy his album? Probably not. But like, if I'm sitting in a car and he's playing, I can vibe to it because mm-hmm. it sounds good. You know what I'm saying? It just that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. But you know that that that's something we'll talk about. Finish up on another time. Mm-hmm. You know, we finna get into some politics, folks. Yeah, facts. Yeah, at future episode, we are going to decide on what those categories are going to be. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be the delegation that's going to take it upon ourselves. Okay, <laughs> okay, then we take that. All right, uh, but let, yeah, let's keep it moving, Aki. Uh, like we said, we want to get into uh, Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett's recent comments about uh, black voters and this turn towards, uh, t- well, I'll say a turn away from the Democratic Party that we're seeing. You know, and uh, why do I say why do I say there's a turn away from the Democratic Party amongst uh, you know black voters in the African American community? Why do I say that? Well, when I Googled, uh, I tried to look up a New York Times poll that uh, was being discussed by Jasmine Crockett during this interview. I believe it was on CNN, but the yeah. clip didn't show icon. I think it was CNN though. Uh, but anyways, I tried to Google this uh, New York Times uh, article or poll, and several links showed up. But if you know anything about the New York Times and their online presence, you also know you can't get in there unless you pay. Yeah, they're on I, that bullshit. They're on that bullshit. So I'm just going to read you some of the headlines. And, you know, we just to paint a picture, we don't need to get into them because, you know, as you're about to hear in this clip, you know, the proof is in the pudding. You know what I'm saying? But anyways... Here's a here's a headline from five hours ago today. Black voters shift to Trump is a warning sign for Biden, strategists say. One day ago, Trump leads Biden in nearly every battleground state. New poll finds. This is from Reuters one hour ago. Biden trails Trump in 2024 U.S. elections, key states polls show. 
Also, just keep in mind that we are officially crossed the threshold and we are less than one year away from the 2024 presidential election. Keep that that in mind as you see the hyper-focus and how much this is going to start dominating airwaves. Mm. Uh, Another New York Times article, this one is from uh, the 6th of September. Consistent signs of erosion in black and Hispanic support for Biden. New York Times one day ago, Trump now leads Biden. September 6th, uh, New York Times. How to interpret polling showing Biden's loss of non-white support. Ten hours ago, New York Times. This is the last one. Voters aren't believing in Bidenomics. Hmm. So, one, I guess... I'm not sure about the politics of New York Times, but certainly it seems that they have begun a lot of bad press. Or maybe it's just the honest to God truth, you know what I'm saying, on Biden. But usually you would expect some of these more liberal leaning platforms to be soft with it. Yeah. These have those headlines were painted painted a, a vivid picture. Not just scared. You know what I'm saying? And uh maybe the, so yeah, that's a lot. There just any reactions to, you know what I'm saying, one that news, you know what I'm saying? And and maybe does it correspond to what you feeling in the community, Aki? I mean, yeah. I mean uh black people are sort of numb right now politically. Um we came out of eight years of Obama, nothing happened. We went through four years of Trump, nothing happened. We going through another four years of Biden, and ain't shit happened. And I think that the first eight years of Obama, we came out of that and like with PS, what is that? Uh, 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 Post traumatic stress disorder. We came out of that shit with that. We was stuck. Like like we was like, damn, eight years went by, nothing happened. What we gonna do now? And we thought we took our time, and we we we've been thinking. Discussions have been had, and it really hit us. Like, you know, as the great Malcolm said, you've been hoodwinked. It seems like with, with Obama's election, white people said the time is up on this friendly type of diversity type of efforts for the black community. Mm-hmm. As far as like they said, you know, th- that was their. Uh, white people's wake up call it seems to be like yeah we've done enough for black folk you know yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we can now take this guilt off of us this shame off of us mm-hmm. and be ourselves again yeah and you know black folks we wasn't organized and prepared um, the things that we probably should have been really pushing during the time of Obama we wasn't um so we had to, you know what I'm saying, we had to readjust. And one of the things we started thinking about was our loyalty to the Democratic Party. And um, looking at the history of it in us and how it's related to us. And that ain't always a great thing. You know what I'm saying? That's not always the best history. And even though I don't think right now we have a formulated plan politically, vision politically of where we're going to go. I think we know it, it, it ain't with the Democrats. They ain't offering us nothing. I, I think it's the lack of us having a cohesive and organized plan or really having the potential for that plan stripped from us by how they did the, us the last 10 years, yeah. 15 years, really. Yeah. But I think the lack of, of us having that plan is mistaken by these black elites and this black political class as us ha- not having any political intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Or, or it's perceived as us not having a grasp of the situation. Yeah. Or or this uh, battle or this seesaw battle between Democrats and Republicans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I Those two things, no, they don't go together like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to see why we're saying that now. I'm gonna, about to play this clip. Uh, it's about only, it's less than a minute long. Uh, it's from Jasmine Crockett. And... This is from a tweet. It says, Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett says black voters aren't supporting Joe Biden as enthusiastically because, quote, feelings are dictating their reality. Feelings, not analysis, Aki, feelings are dictating their reality. And they aren't, quote, understanding exactly how any of this works. You know what I'm saying? And hate to hear it, but let's actually hear it from her point of view so y'all can see what I'm saying. So let's get to it real quick. Of 
perception is reality. And so when you look at the data that was provided in this poll, it talks about how people feel. And when people decide whether they're going to the poll or whether they're not going to, to the poll, it's all about how you feel in that moment. And so while the facts may not align with their feelings, their feelings are dictating their reality. Their reality is that they said that they feel better or they felt better when Trump was in office. But we've been trying to push back. We've got some very popular African-American artists that are out here saying things like, oh, I got checks when Trump was in office. I want those checks again, not understanding that that really came from Congress. So we've got a couple of things, the perception issue, and then we also have an issue as it relates to civics in this country and people not understanding exactly how any of this works. So I guess the Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett, we've been influenced by people like Sexy Red. And I think that's who she was referring to, because that's who had the viral clip. You know, they're being Jesse Red was being interviewed and she was talking about the checks that we got under Trump that we didn't get under Biden and things Mm -hmm. were better because of that. You know, and so it was almost word for word, uh, you know, the reference that Jasmine Crockett made. But, uh, you know. But I guess my just my initial reaction to that, Aki, is basically we didn't need Sexy Red or any artist, any person in popular culture to tell us how to feel about how the Democratic Party has treated African-Americans mm-hmm. and our issues and our condition yeah. and our history. Yeah. Not just for the past 10 years, but really the past 100 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's it's demeaning. Is demeaning, you know what I'm saying, to be talked about like that as if, you know what I'm saying, we just don't understand how any of this works. Well, do you, that, that's said as if we have, on average, a less understand, a, a, a lower level understanding than white Americans. Yeah. Does she, does, does she chastise, you know, other groups like this? I like, mean, I mean, I think when she said the feelings, I look, I take that as this. We will operate off feelings. But feelings are normally based on experiences. Experiences that you take the time to look back on, go through the 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 the, the ancestral memory, including your own personal memory of your own experience, and you go through that, and you you do you do analysis of it. So yeah, we vote from our feelings. You know what I'm saying? But our feelings sometimes can be misled. Just like we do have a history of voting for Democrats. And they acted right sometimes. Got a history of that. That history can run out. It's real simple and plain. Come down to civics? No, we very much, we in tune with civics. Black people have been, we have been enforcing and and trying to enforce under duress and under threat of life our civic duty since the day we got it. You know what I'm saying? We Yeah, you talking about voting? Vote. And it's not like that was a a long time ago for most of us. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing that. We've been doing that since we we got off the plantation. You know what I'm saying? We've been doing that here. We, we know exactly what we, we know our civic duties We know the, all of that You know what I'm saying Half of the rights That this country got They got And was able to have Based on our backs So believe me We know all of that shit We know all of that People seem to forget Like we wasn't here When this shit started You know So like No You guys Have not Been able To Give Black people Something of tangible worth for our vote. And so now we saying like, well, you know what? I still don't trust the Republicans, but I damn sure don't trust you. I've been dealing with you for the last 10 years. I know how you get down. Maybe I should just keep my shit in my pocket. How about that? And that's what they're not talking about, that silent protest. Yes, the people who do believe in being politically active and they still want to assert their civic right, which is through the voting, I, I, they they doing it. And they letting y'all know that we don't see y'all the same way no more. So that means now y'all need to figure out what y'all need to do. 
That's all. You know, they're going to be comp- campaigning. Like you said, we got less of a year till this shit is here. Damn there. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be campaigning, trying to get our votes real fast. We didn't agree with Biden. We damn sure didn't agree with Trump. But in the end, some of the ignorant, some of the stuff that she spoke of is sometimes what's being spit in the community. I mean, Sexy Red ain't the first person I heard say that. I'd heard a couple of rappers say that. I'd heard a couple of comedians say that, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's crazy because they saying that about Trump. They can't say shit about Obama. They can't say shit. That, you know what I'm saying? About Biden. They can't say what them two did for them. You was getting murdered by the state under Obama. And he's supposed to be one of you. You know what I'm saying? What really changed economically during Obama? You know? Let alone, we got hit with COVID with Biden. He the reason why they shelled out all that money like that. Well, not just him, but you know what I'm saying? Trump was there too on, on part of that. It, it ain't no guarantee for nothing with neither one of these parties. We don't got no reason to put our feet there. You know what I'm saying? So if people want to boycott it, that's their right to boycott it. They want to stay with it. They right to stay with it. But I know it ain't because black people are just civically unaware and politically uneducated. And we ain't just operating off some mere emotional shit. Like, we not operating off instinctual emotions. We operating off some shit that we've experienced with this government. We've experienced in this government treatment by this government. And... Those both political parties have a shitty history with us. And right now, they probably sort of got a shitty present. So, you know, it is what it is. Everybody's going to be trying to count for our votes. You know, it's up to you to choose if you want to do it. That's why I'm at with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, Aki. Uh, you know... You know, without commenting on my own voting pattern or history or plans, I definitely think we got bigger fish to fry on building a national infrastructure, you know what I'm saying, for ourselves, by ourselves, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, we can make national decisions with. I think that might be the only way we survive what's coming as a people, you know, if if it's not just local pockets of, you know, organization and unity. Yeah. But we need to unite those local pockets of organization and unity into a national structure that whose sole intent is growing more local connections that are linked up to state, regional, and a national infrastructure that can supply our needs. Yeah. Economically, culturally, socially, politically, spiritually, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the nation we gotta build for ourselves to survive whatever's gonna happen to America. America's not supplying those things for us. Mm. They ain't supplying it for our kids or nothing like that. And I know that building that, we need to get to the place where we're voting for our own black government. You know what I'm saying? To put it quite literally, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Our own, rep- you know, the people that we want to represent our interests yeah. on the world stage. Yeah. We can send a, an official representative to the world stage and represent, that can represent uh, a government and a nation of industry. You know what I'm saying? That we got to develop as well. We got to industrialize what we got, you know what I'm saying? As well as, you know, in, in other new areas, like any people should. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think about with the culture, our cultural output, that needs to be nationalized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this, and the American government will never have, at least initially, they will not instigate that. You know what I'm saying? They will not instigate us doing not doing that black nationalist political work you I know mean, what I'm saying I mean here you go they can only react to it after it reaches a certain that's that's the way we should see it, we, it yeah. after we reach a certain level of strength we can then compel them maybe a nation of Islam plan yeah. you know you fund these industries you know what I'm saying yeah. and our separation you know what I'm saying for this number of years yeah that okay once we get to a certain level maybe we explore those ideas you know what I'm saying? Because we know that's owed to us. That should be the form of representation. That should be the form of represent reparations we're really seeking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Over and above, even if it does include individual payments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yeah, go ahead, Aki. I mean, I was going to say that, you know what I'm saying? 
especially I like the way you explain that too, because you know what I'm saying you could take things like, you know, reparations can easily be those industries being funded, and you get you get federal contracts through those industries. Fifteen percent, we fifteen percent of the population. I need fifteen percent contracts. We we need to stop letting white people vote for our representative. We 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 have to nationalize and send our own representatives to the table for those negotiations. Now here it go. The bigger point is this. You do not need anything from anybody else to be a nation of people. There's a difference between nationhood and, and statehood. Thank you. There's a difference between the two. Nationhood is your organization as a people control over institutions to promote continue and grow your people. You don't need the system for none of that. None of that right there. You know what I'm saying? As you said, you get to a certain stage past that point. That, In order for us to be there, one of the biggest things, we gonna have to have pol political cohesion. Whatever that political council that's set up to deal with the affairs of I know they used to legally call it a Gerald Society. Whatever that Gerald Society is set up to deal with the affairs of our community, you know what I'm saying, meaning it's functioning as our governmental body. At that time, it's a government for us. You know what I'm saying? It's a governmental body for them because we are dealing with them and we deal with other groups too. Yeah, it's possible. We can go into all of those different levels of statehood that we want to deal with when we're dealing with control and the actual infrastructure, you know what I'm saying, and the, and, and, and the security, I meaning military and things that have such nature of state power. But before you can do anything like that, you got to be able to get the institutions that's going to keep your your people alive, the culture that's going that's that that's that's growing for that. Like you said, you have to nationalize the culture. We need to nationalize the culture. You know what I'm saying? That it, it, you gotta have that first. You don't need anything from anybody else to do that. The only thing you need is cooperation, loyalty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that you need those things to make that happen. And it don't mean you gotta have a a, a, a correct necessarily identity unless you're talking about reparations. You know what I'm saying? But for black people, they argue over names and shit like that when it comes to no, no. You can be the blue, black, purple of the sun. If y'all organize and y'all stick together and develop strength, you'll be the blue, black, purple of the people of the sun who got their own nation state I, in time. I think our the role that we have to take right now is to instigate this thought culturally. And the first question that needs to be brought up once we have national platforms discussing this, once we have a national conversation started on this, one of the first questions within the first year of that energy we need to ask ourselves in a in an organized way is is the republic of new africa going to be this organizational vehicle this political vehicle and i and i say that because i i'm not of the naive mind state as if the ideas i'm thinking of are unique or novel mm. some of this work has been done in the past mm. as far as thinking about a independent black uh st national structure that doesn't mean we have to have a nation state. The Republic of New Africa mm. is, is, is as far as I know, a, an existing organization. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That uh, aspires to the similar goal. Yeah. Now, I, I think me as a conscious person, you know, a, organizer that's been into it with national organizations before, mm. with how they're running things, you know what I'm saying? Of course, I would have to do a check, you know what I'm saying? Just as anybody would. Yeah. As far as what is the current condition of that of that organization? Yeah. Can does it want to can it handle mm -hmm. the type of energy we need to instigate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And bring about. But uh and yeah, and if it's not gonna be the Republic of New Africa, then we we should, you know, create the organization to house it. Well, you know well, what I'm well let's say this. I mean my personal opinion, it won't be. But the, 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 the real important thing is that the model has been set up. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To be based off of it. To yeah. be based off of it. There was an organization that set up an independent government, formulated a constitution with governmental bodies 
with, ju- with judicial, legislative, and executive branches within it. Let's look at it and go from there. If you actually do look at it, because I got it, I think I sent it to you too. Um, it, it's a legitimate constitution. In this era and time, the only thing that nobody probably would agree with is the name Republic of New Africa. But if you go into the basics of it, it's pretty still there. And even if you don't form use that plan, you can still use that plan. Because most people don't get this about that constitution. That constitution was sort of based off a lot of Malcolm X's stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? And so the way it would set up with people, with people centers and things of that such nature and all of that, like, you know, it's still the structure to be able to have at that time actually a nation and even with us in this situation right now so if 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 you took that same structure and we adopted that same structure it would just be that the different communities and different places would have people center councils there i think the organization of afro-american unity malcolm x's uh you know what i'm saying uh organization uh that he created near the end of his life and if you look at their program, uh, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, if that's what the, the Republican New Africa, you know, uses inspiration, mm-hmm. uh, then you're, I mean, in addition to his overall teachings, that's a great model to start from. Just in how, I mean, because that Malcolm X's program is attentive to things like culture and education mm-hmm. and health yep. and housing and, all and, of that. And, 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 and black business. All that was present uh, within his platform. Those are the spheres, those are the different departments of the national black political, you know what I'm saying, body yeah. that we need to we yeah. need to build. You and, know and that's sort of what the Republic of New Africa was. They was trying to bring an organizational structure to a national structure. But if you look at it, the way they were setting it up was 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 to do the base national work. The the Malcolm the doctor the Malcolm X doctrine always talks about holding a national plebiscite. The national plebiscite was for were we citizens or were we not? Were we gonna were we gonna fight within the fight within this fight within this United States or are we gonna withdraw from it and become our own nation? And so if you look at the Constitution, that's how it was sort of set up. The People Center Council was first to do the first work, to organize us politically, get us together, get us on that accord. Then you go and you start asking those serious questions. Do we really want to be a part of this? You know, that's when you start asking them serious questions. And from those questions on, then you can make a declaration to say, that's what I'm. That's what we gonna do. When the Republic of New Africa, they just didn't write that Constitution. They made a declaration of independence mm-hmm. before they even did that. They they proclaimed their separateness from this system. So those are steps that I don't know we're willing to make right now because you got to think when they did that. Call hell. I I think I mean just just hearing you describe the sequencing of it and I agree with your assessment you know what I'm saying I think what whether or not you know what I'm saying without making any judgment how the Republican New Africa did what they did you know what I'm saying just looking forward you know what I'm saying I think the best way is not to do it like that you know what I'm saying just form an organization and make a declaration before it's genuine because yeah. I when that declaration is made it needs to be a genuine political expression from an organized body of new African people. Masses. You know what I'm that, that's, that's organized on a national level. Yeah, you can't make that declaration and you ain't got the army to back that up. You can't make the declaration if you ain't got the economy. And or the, the consensus of the people. Or the education. Exactly right. You know what I'm saying? That declaration, if we're being honest, is nowhere near being made. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the... Con- as far as... Because our, our people, we don't ha- we don't have the infrastructure to rely on. Yeah, it's not, it, it's yeah. not even a possibility. Yeah, at, on a democratic level, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We're still we're, we're just at the moment now where we're we're not seeing many options in the current political structure that the, the same one that enslaved us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We, there's so many more levels we have to advance. You know what I'm saying to get to a place where you know the people genuinely 
are ready to separate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they see the cause for it. They see the reason for it. Yeah. They see it tied to their survival. Yeah. Not just as a race, but on an actual human level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, like, so, yeah, and that takes a lot of work. That takes a lifelong commitment. Yeah. That, that takes building something that you not going to see the end of. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's the, well, that's the commitment we got to make. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I know you're a lot closer. Uh, not saying, you're, you know, you were part of it or anything, but you're closer to the Republican New Africa than I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if your assessment is, not saying I'm, I'm, I'm making it binding to you or anything like that, yeah. but if your assessment is that Republican New Africa is not going to be the organization, then I say, because I really do feel that this is that important to and critical to our survival, yeah. the building of this, then when we, you know, as we revamp this podcast and, you know, bring in the brother that we're going to bring in as we shift to, you know, more video, more visuals, more content in, the, in 2024, our commitment got to be to building that and pushing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I think... Because it, 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 I, I was always of the, uh, you know, li- leaving out the possibility that, you know, the Republic of New Africa is the organ- only organization I can think of that's done this before. And if it's still running, you know what I'm saying, that should be something we check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I, we have to commit ourselves to either revamping the Republic of New Africa from within or building something outside of it that becomes so large and popular that it envelops the Republic of New Africa in a positive way. Yeah, I'm I not mean, even saying it's in, in an yeah. anti, antagonistic I mean, or malicious yeah, way. I'm gotta, talking about New African liberation. Bro. Yeah, we got to remember, too, that the Republic of New Africa wasn't the first organization to do this. You know, the first organization that we know of on these shores to do that was the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. Mm. They were called the provisional. Thank you. <laughs> government. That came from them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he was a government. They... they he had the consensus over five million black people globally that we gonna do our thing, and that's how they moved. It didn't. It advanced until when it became with the Republic of New Africa. Not to say that it was connected, but that thought pattern of that first came with them. The other organization that did it before them that still exists was the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. If, if we think about uh, the UNIA real quick, when they said that they were the, they were the provisional government and they in 10 different countries, 20 different states in the U.S., that actually means something. That, that means, means some shit. That means you have a representative of a nationally organized body of, you know, uh, of political and uh Economic infrastructure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you had to and, hear the, you have to hear some of the testimonials of some of the elders, how they, because of the Garvey movement, when they would be driving through the South, they was Garvey people in the movement, in living in the South. They didn't, they didn't, you know what I'm saying? They was there, and they would go to these places. They were all along the Chitlin Circuit. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it it, it was a real like protection thing. You know what I'm saying? And there were, I'm sure there was actual protection attached to those places and those organized people too. Yep. As far as rifle clubs and the, and, and, and the like. That's why yeah. Garvey had to have a meeting with the Klan leader. That came from conflicts that happened. Bang, bang, banging with each other. Now, it's funny you said you bring up, we bringing up Garvey and that meeting with the Klan because my ex-advisor, I won't mention it, thou, thou who shall not be named. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Other guys. It, <laughs> he is of the opinion that it's because of that meeting with the Klan that it's evidence why Garvey was an enemy to black people. Mm. Oh, he ultimately became an enemy to black people. You know what I'm saying? Despite everything he did, he said everything he did was overshadowed by him betraying black people. You know, and and I think I think it's a narrow reading of the history. And this is also a man who sends his money to the Democratic Party every year. You know what I'm saying? Funding candidates like not just Bernie or the like, but also Kamala, Biden. I mean, he's sending money to all these different campaigns. He says he sends money to all of them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and and contributes to the to the party and the in the in the presidential races. That's well, that's uh, who we that's who that that's the man calling Garvey an enemy to the people. Well I, I would say this he didn't understand. Garvey was the pres- pre- he was the president 
of the provisional government. So when you're dealing in uh, militar militaristic dealings with another body, you, as the head of your body, with your generals, Garvey didn't go by himself. He had his, his corpse and all of them with him. They showed up suited and booted. And they, they sat down and had a conversation with the Klan. Let me ask you something real that's quick. What a, that's what a head of state does. And let's not act like the Klan was just an ignorant group of racists disconnected from white society. Mm -hmm. They in they, government. We're, we're talking about an organization embedded in probably almost every police station and local government, exactly. state government in the South. And that happened in Louisiana, by the way. So him meeting, <laughs> him meeting with the Klan is him meeting with really at the t in the South a white a government, a white shadow government. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That, that has legit power. They control the. Uh, they control. They had state power in Alabama, Mississippi. South Carolina, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Florida. Fast forward, uh, a child of Garveyites, Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. uh, he sends a memo. I forget, you know, I, I forget the exact details, but he sends a memo to the Klan saying that if any of our people are touched as they make this trip, you know, you're gonna have hell to pay. Yeah, he said he sent. Uh, he you got letters of him sending stuff to Martin Luther King, telling him like, "Yo, bro, you need us to come down there." And, and For Ma security reasons. <laughs> Malcolm X is also somebody who could be seen as uh, a, a head of state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, of course, these, like, was it established as much as it could have been? No. Mm -hmm. But as far as people that had the legitimacy in an unquestioned type of way, you know what I'm saying, to represent millions of black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fact that it wasn't organized is our fault. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The, the fact that he wasn't a recognized leader yeah. uh, of our people, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Representing us and our industrial base, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And our, uh, our our communities in a legit way. That's what we need to seek out. Yeah. But we, we think that we can just live in these same districts as white folk and vote in the same elections as white folk and, and try to muster out some recognition and leadership from that process. Mm -hmm. We got to give that shit up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or or see it as something smaller, you know what I'm saying? A smaller effort as we work out what our relationship to this nation is going to be going forward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we have to, you know, we got to start from a basis. Yeah. You know, every movement got to start from some of the big questions getting answered. And one of the big questions that this movement, this new African liberation movement, new, Ash new, new African nationalist movement, you know what I'm saying? We need a nationalist movement before we can think about liberation. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe that's what we got to start thinking about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It, this ain't, ain't just... It will be about liberation. But yeah. we had to build up the nation first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way we can get liberated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With or without white working class unity and or uh, the, their activity yeah. levels. You know what I'm saying? We can't let our liberation be tied to their uh, activity levels. But, you know... Uh, our, our narrow politics see it that way. You know what I'm saying? We got blinders on yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? We're not seeing all the black shit that we need to be looking at. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing about being a nation within a nation. That's the thing about... Confusing. Yeah. Um, it's confusing, too, because, you know, we, we, we still are battling with some old issues, some old arguments. Um, like... You know, we, we argue over citizenship. We argue over, are we a people? What kind of people are we? Those are things we got to get in order. Like, ain't no damn reason. Wow. We been here, like, like we been went through this all, like, you know, I as I tell some cats at the job, you know what I'm saying? Because I deal with people that's younger than me. You know, I manage over them, and they come with all of this stuff sometimes. And you be hearing some of the shit they saying, you be like, man. What? What's going to matter is us building something that's going to last the next thousand years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We need to build something that's going to, like, who we are is a question we have yet to answer. Yeah. That, that's what people really got to, like, politically, it's not about this these past conversations of, are we Moorish? Are we the real Jews? Are we the real Native Americans? Ignition. You know, what tribe of Africa do we come from? Yeah. All of that shit is secondary 
to us deciding and choosing and developing and giving our all, devoting our lives to creating who we're going to be. Guess what? All of that shit can come later. Thank you, Akira. I am big on studying cultures and histories. I studied cultures that migrated from other places. They were a part of a whole nother thing. They went to another place, settled there. Whether they mixed in with the locals or they got rid of them. And then they established themselves as who the hell they said they are. We And they let their history be known. We came from this place, we came here, and then we set this up. And this is us. And, we, and they did that afterwards. If that's what we got to do, figure it out afterwards. I mean, I really don't think it's no real figuring out. I, I really don't, you know, but, I, you know, hey, for the, for the for the openness sake of bringing people together, we can roll with that. For yeah, sure. I, I, it's I, already been said. Our ancestors told us. I know as we instigate the nationalist thought, mm. I'm going to use the term New African. Yeah. But also, I'm of the awareness that once we get this body, this, this political body together mm-hmm. and get them aware and get that spark out there, and have a national base, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once we got, let's decide on the name. Once we got 20 states ready to roll, yeah, you know what and I'm saying. And I mean, it, and we got to remember, it may just be something in a whole different, complex way. So, New African may be the identity or the ethnicity of us. Ados may be the political designation within this government. Mm-hmm. See, it's always a dual thing. Meaning, politically, that's what designates you on there. But ethnically, this is who you are. It's no different than Malcolm X said in the organization of the African community. He said, we support three terms. African, Afro-American, and black man. And he used the African to allude to the Pan-African global family. The Afro-American dealt with the ethnicity. And the black man dealt with, his, with your race to some extent. You know what I'm saying? They were all synonymous with each other. The African is a black man. The African-American is an African and a black man. The black man is an Afro-American and African. So it may come on all three different levels. You know, we have an identity, and it's sort of like that. We have an identity nationality-wise, but we also got an ethnic identity. We may not have come to a general consensus on that yet, but we generally have had black American, African American, Negro American terms that we may have given up already. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope that when the time comes, I know it's not going to come anytime soon. I pray to see it during my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But when the time comes when we choose a name, I like to see us get creative with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to be. Like, like as far as it, it ain't got to be tied to what continent we, we currently own, mm-hmm. even though, of course, that's part of our history. But, you know, I think about, let's bring back Kushites. <laughs> we the we the, we the, the 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 nation of Kush, nigga. Hey, hey put it like this. New Kush. The, 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 the place we know today as Ghana is not where the real Ghana was at. Fact. The Ghana that was the ancient Ghana that was existed, that Ghana was further north, damn there in the in the desert. Where the desert is. <laughs> That's where they was at. You know what I'm saying? That's a whole nother history y'all got to learn about the continent of Africa. Wet, humid period. But, you know what I'm saying? But they, when Kwame Nkrumah established his government, he said, you know what? We migrated from the north down. We came from that. Mm-hmm. We gonna name it God. Ultimately, the lesson for the, you know, the last conversation that we're having right now is name is important, but if we're gonna have an actual, you know, progressive movement you know we got to build up the politics and the political base first where we can actually have an infrastructure that can debate this and decide on this Mm -hmm. with consensus you know what i'm saying and we don't we don't currently have that and the bigger focus long story short gotta be building up this interest in black nationalism again Mm -hmm. you know we have to modernize black nationalism yeah in, in a sense you know what i'm saying it just Make that make that the most viable path. Maybe yeah. we'll see that as the most viable path forward. Well, you know, I say like this. Even though, yeah, we have jumped everywhere on this summit. You know, when it comes down to, you know, uh, Jasmine Crockett, um, no black people ain't ignorant civically. We just don't trust y'all civically. Yeah, we may be voting from our feelings, but our feelings come from actual experiences that come from your party and the opposite side. 
But the bigger picture is that black people really need to get organized politically, you know, so we can know what it is we are pushing for, what is the best option for our communities, and what we're going to go to both of these parties and say, hey, this is what we want, what you're going to be able to do. One may give you three checks on the list. The other one may give you five. If the three is more important than the five altogether, go with the three. If the five can be spread out all over the group, you go with the five. And then you hold them assholes accountable. You know, it's real simple. Blast them all year. And if they don't want to still capitulate to what they said they was going to do for you after the after the a proper set amount of time, then that's when you, you most you should be doing your own thing. And hopefully you'll have it together. We'll have it together as a people. That's why I said we need to get organized. But we can make that move. We need to be leveraging our shit. And that comes from us getting organized as a people. And there is some there is some civic ignorance on the fact of us organizing for ourselves. Now, I will say that. It ain't no civic ignorance when it comes down to dealing with this system. The ignorance comes when we don't do what we know we need to do, which is organize politically, economically, and socially as a people here in America. That's what we do. Now, in the second part of everything, that goes into everything of the organization. You know what I'm saying? Get this shit together, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a real tricky year. Them white boys are scared. They think, they think Negroes is... They're going back to the Republicans. Oh, yeah, and we have some so-called allies on the so-called left that's going to look at our inaction on Biden or, or our inaction in this anti-Trump crusade that, mm-hmm. that the Democrats are going on. They're going to see that as, you know, reasons that, you know, we're limited or reasons that we're toxic or reasons that we're not as educated politically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but no, the emotional reaction, speaking to Jasmine Crockett now, the emotional reaction is not us now not supporting Biden. The emotional reaction was like you said, Aki, was our election of, of Barack Obama. Yeah. That was truly emotional. That was traumatizing, nigga. You know and, 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 and we see the backlash from that emo, uh, 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 in all senses. It, we were woken up from an emotional haze yeah. by the... Uh, Obama presidency, the inaction for our our issues and our condition mm-hmm. before, during, and especially after him. I mean, especially during and after him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. With that being said, we do got to get out of here. Uh, you know, we got that push show meeting coming up. But uh, all that being said, thank you for tuning in. We're gonna catch y'all next week. We're gonna keep you updated with the most fire on this side of the goddamn Mississippi. As usual, folks. Peace. Good night. Stay warm, because it is starting to get chilly out this motherfucker. And, yeah, it is. It's starting to get chilly out here, bro. I had a couple of nights. I, had, I got the thermals on now. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, no, I got no. them on now. No, it, the past few days been warm, but it has. It, it, it is getting cold, though. It, was it 30, drops it, at night. It was 30 uh, last week. Today, it was, it was up to 70, but... I gotta, I gotta do more leads. That's that's that Midwest shit. I don't know where y'all listening at. Just that's that Midwest shit. Yeah, yeah, gotta love it. All right, peace, y'all. Peace. <laughs>